0: Oh well, good morning folks. Shall we pray? Father God, we thank you for the vision that you've given us to be a transformational church, that we want to bring transformation and life to Harare and to Zimbabwe. And as we come to this uh, incredible theme in the Bible of the water of life, we pray that you would open up our minds to understand the concept so that we can become a source of life wherever we go. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. I wonder if you've ever had an experience like I have where you go to the tap at home expecting to open it and get a stream of water coming out, but all you get is a sound a little bit like this. (laughs) I'm sure you can relate. We don't have a borehole at home. We rely on water that's supplied by the Harare City Council and in October 2019 our garden was extremely dry except for a few pot plants we had some select flower beds and some hanging baskets that we kept alive with water carried very carefully from our bath. <coughs> and when you looked out over what used to be the lawn all you could see was a sort of a brown expanse that had been eaten by white ants and crickets and even the succulent garden which was supposed to be drought resistant was dying and then of all things the municipal water started to peter out but you know we weren't the only ones in trouble all over Harare boreholes were drying up swimming pools were dropping sprinklers were spluttering And so to keep going, I decided to buy a 500 litre plastic tank, which I put in the back of my truck, um, and I filled it from other people's boreholes on a daily basis. Where am I going with all of this? Without water, there is no life. Full stop. And at the time, I got to thinking about what political analysts and journalists have been writing about for years and years, namely that future wars will be fought over water and you can see why that is how vital water is and for this reason the water of life is a major theme in the bible so let's cover this theme under four different headings water from the garden water from a well water from a person and water from the throne And as we look at those four different headings, we're going to cover the entire scope of the human story. Let's begin at the beginning. Water from the garden. We find water bringing life at the very beginning of the human story. And at that time, the writer of Genesis tells us in chapter two, verse five, no bush of the field was yet in the land and no small plant of the field had yet sprung up. In other words, the earth looked a little bit like our garden did at the end of twenty nineteen in that swelteringly hot October month. Why was why was it like this? For the Lord had not caused it to rain on the land. Genesis chapter two, verse five. The earth, as I said, was pretty much like our garden. But God went on to plant a garden in Eden. And he created humans, mankind, Adam and Eve initially to tend it and to look after the garden. And then God, and this is key, he placed a spring in Eden so that a river flowed out of Eden to water the garden. And there it divided and became four rivers and those four rivers spread out and watered the rest of the earth so that life could flourish. Water has always been and always will be a symbol of life, physical life. And as the spring supplied water to the garden, so it symbolized something deeper. God as the source of life to the whole of his creation. The truth is, folks, that everyone and everything... Is thirsty we are thirsty for the life that God provides and that's how God has set things up and so we we have this rhythm of being thirsty and then satisfying our thirst to remind us that we need to be constantly going back to God who is the source of life but folks if we satisfy our thirst with the wrong things or in the wrong way then everything absolutely everything gets messed up and that is exactly what happened in the garden on this occasion Adam and Eve rebelled against God by eating from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and by doing this they were saying to God we want to decide what is right and wrong we want to decide what is good and what is evil and we don't want to have to keep referring to you all the time and to the different requirements that you have. And so by thirsting for wisdom in that way, they turned away from the primary source of life, namely God himself. And folks, where did it get them? Where does it always get us? It gets us into a hot, dry posse in the desert. That's where it got them That's where it'll get us. But fortunately, God didn't leave mankind there. Let's move on to water from a well. God had a plan. He he started by choosing one man called Abraham. And then God miraculously, because it had to be done miraculously, gave Abraham a son called Isaac so that he could have descendants from Abraham and Isaac. Isaac had two sons, Jacob and Esau, and God planned to build a nation for himself through Jacob. And people that would live in a right relationship with God, that's the kind of nation that he wanted to build from Jacob, quenching their thirst from the water of life and becoming themselves a source of life and a blessing to others. Here's a picture of it from Psalm 84. This is what God had in mind. Psalm 84, verse 5, it says, Blessed are those whose strength is in you, who have set their hearts on pilgrimage. As they walk through the valley of tears, they make it a place of springs. The autumn rains also cover it with pools, and they go from strength to strength until each appears before God inside. Walking through the valley of tears, literally the valley of Baca, which means the valley of balsam trees because balsam trees were the only trees that would grow in these incredibly dry arid places so there's this picture of god's people walking through the valley of tears and making it a place of springs now let's get back to jacob we know what god intended now he was making a new start if you like Let's have a look at Jacob, the man that he chose. He was a typical human, thirsty for life, but drinking at all the wrong sources. In his case, the springs of deception and of manipulation. You know, he even deceived his own family and he had to run away because he deceived his dad and his brother. And his brother was so angry that he wanted to kill him. And Jacob, Jacob ended up fleeing you can imagine, you can guess where, into the desert. Why do we always end up in the desert? But one day, Jacob came to a well in the desert where he met a woman. Doesn't that sound familiar? We had a man and a woman at a well in the Garden of Eden, Eden, I beg your pardon, spring of living water. Now we have Another picture of a man and a woman at a well. Two humans through whom God was planning to make a new start and a new people for himself. And so sure enough Jacob and Rachel they start to have children. Jacob has 12 sons and they become the progenitors of the 12 tribes of Israel but by and large The Israelites fail to drink from the water of life. Repeatedly, they turn away to other sources. And so God sends them prophet after prophet to call them back to his ways because that was what was good for them. Come back to God. He's the primary source of life. You were created to find your source of life in him. Don't go running off after other idols or power or sex or whatever it might be. No. Come back to God. And this is how the prophet Jeremiah put it. Has a nation changed its gods, even though they are no gods? But my people have changed their glory for that which does not profit. Be appalled, O heavens, at this. Be shocked, be utterly desolate, declares the Lord, for my people have committed two evils. What were the two evils? They have forsaken me, the fountain of living waters. So they turned away from God as their primary source of life. And then the second evil that they committed and hewed out cisterns for themselves, broken cisterns that can hold no water. Folks, we do it over and over again, just as the people of Israel did it. Instead of turning to the fountain of living water where there is fresh water bubbling up all the time, we make our own plans. We think, no, no, maybe we can cope with life better by using alcohol, by using drugs, by getting a sense of self-worth out of our work or out of our relationships. Whatever it might turn to be, we make a plan that doesn't include God where he isn't the primary source. And so we cut out these cisterns in the rock. But who wants to drink water from a cistern? Because the water from a cistern is stale, it's muddy, it's dirty. Things have fallen into there and have died. And you know what? Cisterns always have cracks in them and the level just keeps going down because they leak. So every prophet warned Israel, Say, listen, guys, this is what you will persist in doing. If you don't return to God in his ways, this is what's going to happen. And the direst of these warnings was that Israel would be taken into exile. And that's exactly what happened in the end. They were, in a sense, some of the prophets used this, this, this language, vomited out of the land that God had promised for them, this place where they were going to enjoy him As the wellspring of life Now they're in a place of exile But the story doesn't end there Let's think about water from a person The prophet Ezekiel had, had a vision Of what the exiled people of Israel looked like um, A symbolic vision He said he, he, he saw this, this desert And then he saw a valley, a dry, dry valley. And in the bottom of the valley, there were bones. Bones without a single bit of flesh on them. Totally picked clean and dried and whitened by the desert sun. But God caused those bones to live. How did he do it? He did it by putting his spirit in them. This is what he said through Ezekiel. 37 verse 14, and I will put my spirit within you, referring to the people of Israel, and you shall live and I will place you in your own land. They were taken out of their land at that time. You shall know that I am the Lord. I have spoken and I will do it, declares the Lord. A beautiful picture, but how would this happen? And this is when we're reminded that God's time is not the same. As our time fast forward 600 years 600 years to another well and this well is described as Jacob's well doesn't that sound familiar and who do we find at the well we find a man and a woman gee this is for the third time is it it's a hot day let me just give you the backstory here and by about midday Jesus was tired and he's thirsty and he sits down at the well. He sends his disciples in to to buy bread in a nearby village and he's just sitting there wondering how on earth he can draw water up from the well because he doesn't have a rope and a bucket. And then a Samaritan woman arrives and, and she's collecting water at that time of the day when nobody else is about because she's a social outcast. And Jesus asks her for a drink. Let's take up the story In John chapter 4 verse 9, a Samaritan woman said to him, How is it that you, a Jew, ask for a drink from me, a woman of Samaria? For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans, and also men and women didn't relate to one another in a public place like that. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God, and who it is that is saying to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you Living water. She doesn't get it. She's thinking on a physical level. He's using the physical to point to something deeper. The woman said to him, Sir, you you have nothing to draw water with and the well is deep. Where do you get that living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob? He gave us the well and he drank from it. And as did his sons and his livestock. Jesus said to her, Everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never be thirsty again. The water that I will give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. Folks, I just want to say this again. Everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again. And that is true of everything in our physical lives. If we turn to them as our primary source of life if you turn to alcohol to medicate your pain you'll get thirsty again if you turn to relationships to medicate your pain to validate yourself to find significance you will thirst again whatever it is that you turn to you will thirst again but whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never be thirsty again. The water that I give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. Isn't this excellent, excellent news? And it's so clear, isn't it? That Jesus is using physical water as a symbol of something deeper, something that Jesus can give a person, something spiritual, something that brings eternal life, something that satisfies I wonder if this could be what Ezekiel foresaw 600 years before in his vision of the dry bones. That's more. Let's fast forward again this time, not for 600 years. Jesus is in Jerusalem at the Feast of Tabernacles. Now, the Jews celebrated the Feast of Tabernacles for seven days after the harvest, and they did it to give thanks for the harvest and to remember how God had rescued them from slavery in Egypt. And so during the Feast of the Tabernacles, the Jews lived in tabernacles, these little huts made from branches, so that they could remember what it was like to leave slavery and to live in the desert, that dry place, before entering the land that God had promised them, where they would receive life-giving water. And so on each day of the feast, there was a water ceremony. Literally, the priests would gather together a big, massive crowd and they would go out of the city and they would fill a golden jug of water from a spring that supplied water to Jerusalem. And then everyone would form up in a big procession and they'd take the jug through what was called the water gate and up to the altar in the temple. And having arrived the priest would pour the water onto the altar and the crowd would be singing these beautiful words, a prophecy from Isaiah, a direct prophecy. Isaiah 12 verse 3, they would sing, with joy you will draw water from the wells of salvation. And so that that water ceremony had had a very special meaning for the Jews because it reminded them of how God had both saved them from slavery and continue to give them life in the desert by supplying them with water. And on two occasions, God actually supplied water from solid rock. In Numbers uh, chapter twenty, verse eight and ten. And then they also thank God for the rain that he sent in the previous year, and they placed their hope in God for the future, trusting that he would continue to give them life. And then, this is so significant, Jesus chose this moment. On the last day of the feast, that water ceremony was carried out seven times. And it was on that day that Jesus cried out in John chapter 4, verse 37. He said, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Now this he said about the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were to receive. For as yet the Spirit had not been given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. See what Jesus says here? He says, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Are you thirsty today? Jesus is saying, man, I'm like a spring. Come and drink from me. And it's a bit of a strange image, isn't it? But John emphasizes it by noting something about Jesus' crucifixion that none of the other gospel writers did. When Jesus was being crucified and the soldiers came to Jesus and saw that he was already dead, they did not break his legs. But one of the soldiers pierced his side with a spear and at once there came out blood and water you saw it has borne witness his testimony is true and he knows that he's telling the truth that you also may believe it was through Jesus's death on the cross that God would offer an even better type of water through belief in Jesus just as ordinary water gives life on earth Jesus would give eternal life to those that chose to believe in him but there's more Not only will you live forever, but if you drink from Jesus by believing in him, you will also become a source of living water. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture says, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. He's talking about being filled with the Holy Spirit. And, you know, folks, doesn't this echo exactly what uh, Ezekiel saw 600 years before, God putting his spirit in the dry bones in order to give them life. Ezekiel was looking forward to the cross of Jesus that made it all possible. Those that believe in Jesus would receive God's Holy Spirit once Jesus had died on the cross and come to life again. In in verse 39, talking about him being glorified. Jesus' death. And resurrection made it possible for your old simple person to die so that you can come to life as a new person and the new person God makes of you can receive the Holy Spirit but before you've been changed by God in this way however it's impossible to have the Holy Spirit in you and without the Holy Spirit in you it is impossible to have eternal life or to be a source of living water yourself Many years ago during a service at Harvest someone from Harvest shared a vision that God had given to her and what she saw was a a map of Zimbabwe and she looked closer and closer at the map and was very distressed to discover that the whole country was covered in litter and rubbish and filth. But then she noticed In one place that the rubbish was starting to shift and she looked closer and she realized that there was a little a little spring of water there and the water was just steadily flowing out of the spring and it was carrying away washing away cleansing some of that filth and some of that rubbish and then she realized that there were other springs of water dotted all over the country And they were all doing the same thing. And gradually they were joining together to make up rivers, which then joined together to make up bigger rivers. Bigger and bigger, washing away more and more filth. And brothers and sisters, that vision is the one one that we need to be participating in. Jesus says that each one of us has rivers of living water flowing out of our hearts. It's, it's so wonderful to know this. Wonderful to know this. I wonder if you do know it. I wonder if you realize what a source of life and cleansing you can become in this dry, parched, filthy nation in which we live. Now, maybe you just say, oh my word, I'm feeling a little bit overwhelmed by that. And it can feel overwhelming. You know, sometimes the desert just seems so big compared to the little source of water that's coming out of us. But just remember two things. Number one, your source will never dry up because Jesus said, the water that I will give you will become in you a spring of water welling up to eternal life. It is not going to stop flowing. And then the second encouraging thing is that we know just how the story ends. There will be water from the throne let's read from revelation 22 1 to 4 it started off with a garden it ends with a beautiful city and you know there's something incredibly majestic about a city that's well integrated with nature with beautiful trees and water then the angel showed me the river of the water of life bright as a crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb through the middle of the street of the city. And also on either side of the river, the tree of life, with its 12 kinds of fruit, yielding its fruit each month. The leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. No longer will there be anything accursed. But the throne of God and of the Lamb will be in it, and His servants will worship Him. They will see His face, and His name will be on their foreheads, and night will be no more. (laughs) They will need no light of a lamp or sun, for the Lord will be their light, and they will reign forever and ever. There is going to be a renewed creation. We're going to be living with God in a renewed heaven and a renewed earth. He's going to be amongst us. His throne is going to be there. And flowing from that throne will be the river of life. Folks, that's where it's all headed. And, and you, you can tell that it's headed there because you're already next to the river of life. You already have those rivers of living water flowing out of you. And so just in conclusion today, fairly recently we talked about our church vision and how we want to be a transformational church. Folks, we can be a transformational church because we have rivers of living water flowing out of us because the Holy Spirit that God has put into us. And we can bring transformation. I mean, think of how water transforms the desert. Think of how transformational water is. Think of how it brings life. Think of how it changes things. This is why we can't lose folks in desiring and hoping to be a transformational church. And there's just two things I'd like to say in closing. First of all, maybe you're somebody who's just been drinking at the wrong well. Maybe you've been trying to cope with life By digging out your own system, and it's got muddy, smelly water in it and it doesn't even hold water terribly well. It could be anything. It could be pornography. It could be alcohol. It could be workaholism, building your own empire so that you can get a source of life from that. It could be money. It could be many different things. Jesus is saying today, please, don't go and drink from those things. Come and drink from me. You were created to find your life in me. And so, in the week ahead, every time you feel a little bit thirsty, just think to yourself ah, that is a reminder that I'm a thirsty person, and the only way that I'm going to satisfy my thirst at a deeper level is by going to Jesus. Shall we pray together? So if you're somebody who needs to repent from digging out your own system, then just spend a few moments, just in the quietness of your heart, just telling God that you're sorry, asking him to forgive you, and then turning away towards him and drinking from him as the fountain of living water. And then I would also say, that if, if you've been exploring faith and maybe you're coming to that point now where you're thinking, I mean, I think this is true. I, I, I really want to be born again. I want to be changed so that God can put His Spirit in me. I mean, I've, I've, I've always been a bit like those bones, those dry bones scattered over the desert floor. But no, I, I, I want to be pulled together. I want to have muscles and sinews and ligaments and flesh. I want to be a new person. God can do that for you if you will ask him to forgive you for your sins and turn away from living a life without reference to him, without paying him any attention, and to live a life where you say, Lord Jesus, I I just want to follow you. I want to do things your way. And you know, if you believe that Jesus Christ died your death on the cross, paid the price for your sin, if you believe that, you put your faith and your trust in Him, then He will recreate you, change you into a new person from whom streams of living water will flow. Thank you so much for for spending time with us and I pray that you have a great week. Remember every time that you feel thirsty, allow it to tell you, oh, I need to just go and drink from the well of life.